All right. Uh, this is not going to be a normal podcast. This is a me podcast. Uh, Luke isn't here. We're going to try and get a podcast done tomorrow. But um, that's probably going to be mostly free agency based. Make sure you guys uh, listen to that. But right now, I'm here. And, you know, I'm going to be talking about um, some players that I think are set for a breakout season as well as second-year running backs and my thoughts about them. Um, But, you know, as always, before we get into it, uh, I would love to thank all of you guys, whether you're listening to Eyes on the Prize on Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, PocketCast, Radio Public, or Spotify, or wherever you get our podcasts. We appreciate it. We're almost to uh, somewhere near 150 listens or something. Um, But I like keeping the intro short, and I'm going to move on. So first off, I'm going to go over quarterbacks. I have three quarterbacks that I think can have a turnaround season and three quarterbacks that I think will decline. Um, Now, when I say a turnaround season, for Jalen Hurts, there isn't much there. Um, Many people are, I think, when I look at mock draft results, drafting him way too high. He has a big upside for a mobile QB, and his accuracy was lacking, so, you know, that can be amplified a lot, but he brings in a Daniel Jones type of quarterback to me. Um, They have a really bad receiving core, and I think with him starting, most likely, um, they will see how it winds up with him maybe getting some RPO action in with Miles Sanders. I think he brings in a good potential for a two-quarterback league. And when I say a two-quarterback league, I mean you have, like, Patrick Mahomes starting, and Jalen Hurts is your second quarterback because he could either get three-and-a-half points with two completions for 15 yards, or he could get 30 points with 10 rushes for two touchdowns and, like, 69 rushing yards or 60 like 16 attempts rushing for whatever it happens to be. Um, He has a huge upside for that potential um, and, and what he has, but he also has a big downside. I would not draft him unless you're in a two QB league and I draft him late. If you're in a one quarterback league, I would let him fall to free agency. I can almost guarantee he will, unless you have some big, you know, someone who really thinks Jalen Hurts is going to turn around this season. If he falls into free agency, he's definitely someone to draft or to pick up off of waivers and hold on to your team because of the like possible blow up season he could have but not someone that you start from week one, which is why I move on to my next quarterback as someone you might want to have as insurance. And this will probably be somebody that I draft because they will fall late. And that's Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has always been consistent. And I'm even going to pull up uh, some of his numbers right now, just uh, for for PPR league, Um, because he's, he's, pretty good. Um, Matthew Stafford had one game um, where he threw below, or he had had multiple, these late season games where he really didn't play much. Um, And and there were a couple weeks where he didn't do too much, but week 16, week 11, week nine, uh, he didn't do do too much, but he was a starting, uh, or at least very, very high-end QB2 um, 
pretty much up until week 14 where he threw for only, uh, you know, 244 yards and a touchdown, winding up with uh, 14 PPR fantasy points. I know that doesn't really matter. Um, but he had some weeks where he was throwing for 26. He had um, in week 13 against Chicago where he threw 402 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he occasionally decides to run, and when he runs, he does get the occasional yard. Um, but it's really not his his bag to, to run. Um, I think that something that I would do if I were um, if I were going to take Matthew Stafford, I would just let him sink. But he has a huge upside with Deshaun Jackson, Robert Woods, um, Cam Akers, who I'll get to in a minute, um, and uh, Cooper Cup at wide receiver and running back. You you can have a wide spread of offense, and they like, do like to run the ball. But I mean, even we saw with uh, with Jared Goff, and I'll even pull up his numbers right now. Jared Goff still did get fantasy points. He just had so much. He had such a low floor, but he also had a good ceiling too. He had um, he had three weeks where he threw for over twenty fantasy points. Um, he really wasn't a standout player, but he threw for over 300 yards multiple times. Um, he's definitely, he shows that with the receivers you have, it doesn't really matter who's throwing the football. Matthew Stafford will have a good season, um, in Los Angeles with that defense to expect him to have the ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a next one with Washington. Now he's got some amazing receivers. Um, and I think that he brings a lot of potential for not only those receivers, but for himself. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick can have, um, I'll bring up a couple examples here. Ryan Fitzpatrick could, like he did in week five against San Francisco, throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and get 27.6 fantasy points. Or he could do what he did against Las Vegas and get 11 fantasy points and only throw for 182 yards and a touchdown. Um, he brings in a, a capable QB1 potential for some weeks when he has blow-up weeks, but he also brings in a, down, a downside for... Some games, like he did, he had against uh, in week one against New England, uh, 198 yards and three interceptions, um, where he only mustered 5.4 fantasy points. So it's tough for him to have a um, really, really down week. But when he does, it, the, the reason that he would not be drafted and I would take him in free agency, kind of like Jalen Hurts, is because he has such a huge upside for, you know, when he can go absolutely insane, but he also has a huge downside for when he could completely bomb the game. He had a, uh, a four-week stretch, though, where he threw for over, um, for, for 20 fantasy points. Three of those weeks had over 300 yards because he likes to throw the ball. He really doesn't care. Um, one thing I'll point out is he does manage to um, turn it around, though, if he's having a bad game. Two interceptions, 315 yards against Seattle, managed 47 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, which got him up to 21.3 fantasy points. Um, and he runs occasionally, too, which which is always something. Uh, 
sometimes gets some touchdowns when he runs. Normally he'll run and he sees an opening and he takes it. So that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick is um, one of my top like free agent quarterbacks. If he's there, or Jalen Hurts is there, it's kind of up to you, right? Who do you take to be your – if they blow up, they are my starter quarterback. Now, on the declines for quarterbacks, I have um, Jared Goff. He's never really been a QB1 or really really even a QB2. Um, but expect a, de- a decline from what he did in L.A., which really wasn't that impressive. I just went over his numbers, but he's not really going to have a wide receiver. Uh, I expect you know the, the Lions to take Kadarius Toney, but I do not expect that that's going to be enough to help. Now, Jared Goff likes to throw it to um, – to, his running backs, which is why I'm going to talk about DeAndre Swift in a little bit, but um, I don't, I do not take Jared Goff in any situation unless he somehow pulls some amazing season out um, of the bag. Daniel Jones, I have him at decline. He really can't decline. I just didn't want to put him on turnaround because I don't expect him to have a huge turnaround, but he has a high risk potential. Um, and I'll pull up his numbers too, just real quick, because Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones had a couple weeks where two weeks where he threw for over twenty fantasy points, uh, both of which were against Philadelphia, um, where he threw for two hundred forty-four yards in week ten and one hundred eighty-seven yards, two touchdowns and an interception in week seven. He brings that rushing upside. Um, and he actually did turn around this season the fumbles. He still did wind up fumbling six times, but it's better than we've seen before and in the past. He brings a huge upside, but uh, with the Giants' schedule, you have to be very careful if you're going to play him against who you're playing him against. I would be very cautious playing him, playing him against really any of the divisional rivals. Don't play him against a defense that is at all decent. So we'll see uh, We'll see how he does, but I don't expect a great season from him. But do keep an eye on him. Keep him on your, your watch list, per se, to see if he has a, has a blow-up game or a blow-up season. And finally, whoever the Saints quarterback is, I don't have to say this. I don't have to explain it. But whoever the quarterback winds up being, don't expect fantasy relevance. Um, Taysom brings that rushing upside, but... Um, and, and both are fine, but you won't have a a really, you won't really have a receiver. You don't have a great tight end. And unless they draft some rookies who are going to be forced into a starting position, I do not trust their wide receiver core. All right. So now I'm going to get in the second year running backs. Um, I'm kind of going to just give you a yes or a no for any of them. Um, really, I only have two, uh, one, not really. Um, second year running backs, Antonio Gibson. Uh, I might be a little biased here since I'm keeping him in my redraft league. Um, he's going to be my first round draft pick because I'm not keeping anyone else. Um, but he showed huge upside as a running back. Um, he showed that he could go bonkers. Um, so I'll bring up his numbers. I've already looked at them, but he had some down weeks, right? But you know, he he had a stretch against some teams where y- you start to get a little bit impressed. Uh, against Baltimore, Baltimore, one of the better defenses, um, he was not too involved, uh, but he still wound up with 46 rushes 
or 46 yards and one touchdown. The reason Antonio Gibson's on my yes list, and this might be a little bit dulled down now with the Curtis Samuel and the Adam Humphrey signings, but he was hugely involved in the receiving game. Four catches, 82 yards that week against Baltimore, mainly amounting his potential or is his points. Um, and I'm going to go over, I'm just going to go over the games where he had the most receiving yards. Um, so Baltimore, he had 82 receiving yards against um, the Giants in week nine. He had 35 receiving yards, wound up with only 12.5 fantasy points because he only had 20 rushing yards. Um, another game, Against Dallas in week 12, this one's a little bit crazy because he wound up with five catches, 21 yards, but 115 rushing yards and three touchdowns. But he brings a receiving upside that you don't see with a, that many running backs. So he's definitely someone that I would I would take a look at. View him as a second or third round draft pick um, just because he might fly under the radar. Uh, Cam Akers. Cam Akers was kind of working cam Akers kind of worked his way up into the starting position in los angeles um you know with only three games above 10 points but in the games where he really got the highest workload which you can see in the back to back to back weeks um those three main weeks were against uh san francisco arizona and new england he does not catch the ball too much, but Jared Goff did like to find him for uh, the big plays. One catch for 22 yards, two catches for 23 yards against Arizona and New England, respectively. Uh, no catches against San Francisco. He didn't catch too much, um, but he ran, and he got a touchdown in two of those weeks. Um, but, I mean, when you have 171 yards – uh, it's hard not to take that as a, as a low end RB one, because from a running back in, especially a competitive league, you're going to want more than 21 points, but if it's an eight team or a 10 team league, you take 21 points as, uh, as an RB two. And that's what, that's what you would, that's what you would like. Um, but I think that he has an upside. I think that he's going to fall way under the radar to sixth or seventh rounds where he is definitely a depth signing and you take him, but you'd probably want a different RB1 or RB2. Um, the third one would be Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor blew up at the end of the season, which is with that huge game against Jacksonville. I think that's why he's going to go in the second or fourth round. Not that he isn't deserving of it, um, but and and I I have him on my good list, um, but even you know that game against Jacksonville was not his only good one. That Week Seventeen game where he ran for two hundred fifty three yards, two touchdowns, um, only one catch for one yard, wound up getting him thirty eight point four PPR fantasy points. Um, but he had other games. He only had three four weeks under ten fantasy points. One of which was nine point four. Um, and it's some of his bigger games against uh, Las Vegas, 150 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He's a rusher. He doesn't get the ball much. We don't know what's going to happen with the Indianapolis uh, quarterback situation, whether Carson Wentz is going to start. But you take, I take uh, Jonathan Taylor if he falls to the third or fourth round. Um, 
Or if you have him as keeper potential, I'm not sure what your other options are or if you want to, but um, I would definitely take him as a uh, as a good third-round draft pick. Um, my next player is going to be um, James Robinson. Now, James Robinson is going to fall under the radar. Last season, he surpassed 1,000 yards, undrafted as well. Um, he only had five 20-plus running, running, sorry, rushing plays, but um, he had seven touchdowns, 1,070 yards on only 240 carries. Um, now, he brings a huge upside for someone who's going to fall to the probably the fifth round, fourth or fifth round. Um, I think that he's, he's somebody that I had on my team, um, someone who I'd considered keeping, but I definitely think that he's someone who you take not to be an immediate starter. He finished running back nine, but he had um, only th- four, three, four games, sorry, uh, five games above 20 points um, against the Chargers, Miami, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Tennessee. Uh, he did not, he was not always a touchdown scorer, which is why you don't take him uh, to be to be a running back. And I know they didn't score too much. They only won one game. But um, I think that with how involved in the receiving game he was, I think that he will be a good person to have Trevor Lawrence to check down to, which is why I take him as a uh, a valued, a, a high value for, for a, a fifth round. But I take him in the fourth round if he's still there. J.K. Dobbins has a big upside. Um, but with... He has major involvement in the passing game, but with Watkins uh, added to the receiving core, Gus Edwards, he might not be a running back one like the other guys have gone over, like a high-end RB2. Um, So be careful with J.K. Dobbins. He's definitely good. I think that he is a sixth or seventh round pick. If anybody takes him higher, then they're really trusting in him. Um, But I'm not that much. DeAndre Swift. I love DeAndre Swift coming into the season. Um, I even, I know you guys can't see this, but I wrote yes, 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 all caps, where for all the other guys, I'd wrote yes, just yes, not even all caps. DeAndre Swift has a huge upside with a minimal downside. Um, his involvement in the passing game, um, Jared Goff likes checkdowns, and I think he'll see those, you'll see those to his running backs, especially DeAndre Swift. He's also viewed as a three-down running back over Adrian Peterson. I take DeAndre Swift in the second round, um, or, or or if he falls to the third round, I take him there because, you know, if you're in a 12-team league, he's he's second round, maybe in first round. If you're in a very competitive league, he might go in the first round. A dynasty league, I take him first round immediately. Um, and DeAndre Swift, definitely someone that I want. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was hyped huge coming into the draft, and I drafted him in fantasy football. Did not perform for me as I expected. He is not bad. He's a 7th or 8th round draft pick for me. He's going to go higher. Um, he's a very low-end RB2 or uh, you know, a minimal uh, maybe flex 2 spot. My honorable mention here is A.J. Dillon. Uh, and this is the last thing I'm going to do here on this podcast. A.J. Dillon on week 16 breakout. Um, he shows potential, but he's also in a three running back backfield with the re-signing of Aaron Jones. So I, I don't know, maybe a decent bench security, uh, for if Jones, you know, Jones gets hurt or if he winds up being the starter for a week, 
he, I mean, he, he can go and show, he shows potential in the one week where he, uh, he lit it up. AJ Dillon had, let me just pull up his numbers again. AJ Dillon had 25.9 PPR fantasy points, only one catch for five yards too. So he had 124 yards and two touchdowns against the Tennessee Titans. I think that he shows, that was week 16. I think that he shows potential. Um, but he's, again, that's if somebody gets hurt or if he winds up starting because in all of the other games where he got touches, he got 0.3 points, 0.3 points, 1.1, 1 1.4, 1 1.7, 1 1.8, 3.1, and 4.7. I mean, that was, that was it. Um, he had two games where he didn't even get a yard. So... I think if he's on the field more, he's he's an undrafted take for me. Um, I definitely think that he's somebody that I want on my team, and as a as a backup, 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 backup in case he starts. That's gonna be it for me today. Uh, probably try and see you guys tomorrow to go over free agency, some of our big takers uh, for the new season, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, uh, it's me, no Lucas today, but I mean it doesn't really matter because you're listening to us. And man, I haven't even finished, but I have to sit back and uh, you know admire that transition. But you know, whether you're listening to uh, to Eyes on the Prize. Um, on Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Cast, Radio Public, or Spotify. I did that by memory. Ow, that hurt. Uh, we'll see you guys next time, hopefully tomorrow. And I'm going to do a mock draft post-free agency when the draft is coming up. Alexa, when is the NFL draft? It's April 20th, I think, right? The first round of the NFL draft is on Thursday, April 29th. All right, so we got time. See you guys in a little bit. And uh, Alexa, stop. And I will see you guys in a little bit. I already said that. And have a great day. Uh, please listen to us and share the podcast. We uh, We love getting the lessons. And we'll see you guys later.